0: After uh, getting married, Shelly and I wanted to start a family. Um, problem was, we didn't realize that we uh, couldn't have kids. And so we went and visited with the doctors, and, and within a year, with the help of doctors, then we were pregnant with our first. Uh, but a couple of months after that, Shelly had a miscarriage and, and we were devastated. Um, but we continued to put our faith in what God could do. Always what God can do, right? So we put our faith there, and as we continued to trust God, it wasn't long after that Shelly was pregnant again, and nine months later, uh, we were uh, greeted with a healthy baby boy named Nathaniel. He's 14 today, isn't that crazy how that goes? <laughs> For all those parents, you know, it goes quickly, but what a gift from God he was. And then a few years later, we, we tried again the same medicine that we had, had used before, but it didn't work. And uh, um, so we just said, well, Lord, we just trust you. And so we continued to pray, and, and several months later, Uh, We're pregnant with our second, this time a daughter, who's Haley. And several years after that, again, no medicine. Like at that point, we just like, well, God, (laughs) obviously we can't do anything about it. Uh, But we knew a God that could. And a few years later, God gave us Lucas. We needed Jesus as our healer to have a family. And I know there are many who are here today who have experienced the healing power of Jesus in their lives. And oftentimes we focus on the physical, but can I say there's lots of other healing that occurs, but God does. Emotional healing, mental healing, healing in relationships, those are all acts of God. Without God, those things don't happen. And so what I wanna do today i want to talk about jesus our healer because i know that there's probably been times we've prayed for healing that healing hasn't happened and so we need to navigate well how do we continue to trust the lord for those healings and and i hope we address that today as we continue our our better together series with a message on jesus and healing so if you have your bibles hey i hope you do leon we're going to be in john chapter (laughs) 4. anybody else hear leon this morning how many were hearing greg pray this morning Amen, we were here, and I'm like, Greg Deere's praying this morning, praise God. (laughs) God is at work, and we trust him for it. We're gonna invite you to stand for the reading of God's word. We stand because we wanna emphasize these are God's word, and and I may share some thoughts around that, but in the end, God's word is alive and active and speaking to us today. And so we wanna focus on that. We're gonna be in John chapter four, starting in verse 46, where Jesus heals an official's son. And John writes, so he came again to Cana in Galilee, he being Jesus. Jesus came again to Cana in Galilee, where he had made the water wine. And at Capernaum, there was an official whose son was ill. When this man heard that Jesus had come from Judea to Galilee, he went to him and asked him to come down and heal his son, for he was at the point of death. So Jesus said to him, unless you see signs and wonders, you will not believe. The official said to him, sir, come down before my child dies. These are the very words of God. You may be seated this morning. We left off several weeks ago in our Better Together series with a message on Jesus and spiritual gifts. And so we've been in this series, if you're maybe new to Connection Point Church today, maybe you came last week for Easter and you're here today, we welcome you, you're you're more than welcome here, and and I, I pray that you experience that. But we've been in this series, and we've been in this series on Better Together because we've been focusing on how we are better together in life and on mission for Jesus, and and we need each other for that. But one of the reasons we wanted to get into this message is we understood we need to understand who we are together. And part of that is, is that God gives spiritual gifts to each one of us, he imparts upon those things, and one of those gifts is a gift of healing. He gives that gift by the Holy Spirit. And what we find in scripture is Jesus heals people by the power of the Spirit, that same spirit that we have access to today. We, we've talked about that the last several weeks, and we find Paul writes in Romans that this same spirit that raised Jesus from the dead, okay, talk about a pretty miraculous healing, right? Raised Jesus from the dead lives in us. And the passage we're going to look at today helps us better understand some important principles regarding the gift of healing that, that would help us to understand. And, and the first thing is this, it's important that we go to God with our problems but it's also important we go to God for more than our problems. This is really important as we look at our passage this morning. Yes, go to God with your problems. But let's make sure to go to God for more than our problems. I want us to know this morning that we have a God that cares about what we go through. He cares. We have a God who we can approach with our problems because He can handle whatever we face. We might not be able to handle it, but we know a God who does, and we should be grateful for that. But, but I also want us to know that we should be going to God for more than just our problems. Now, there's a lot of people who simply see God as a potential problem solver, and they just want God to give them a solution. They aren't as concerned with actual salvation. They want God to solve their problems, but they aren't as interested in God actually working in and through their lives. They're not looking for transformation, but instead just escapism from life's problems. But what we need to understand today is what we see in this miracle in the passage that we read this morning is God wants to do more than simply help us with our problems. And that's why we can go to Him for more than just that. Does God want to solve our problems? Yes, but guess what? Good news is He wants to do more than that. So much more. He wants to deepen our understanding of who He is. What life in His kingdom is all about. God wants to meet your need, but He also wants to strengthen your faith. He wants you to love Him more and be ever committed to the things He cares about. God wants to take what you have received, and he wants you to give it to others. There's more that he wants to do. God wants to do work in your problem, but he wants to also work in you. So yes, he wants to work in your problems, but he wants to work in us. Our passage tells us there's this official in Capernaum, whose son was ill. It's understood this official worked for Herod Antipas. And so this means this official He's a powerful individual, a person of some means. For sure, he has influence in that region. But for all of this man's influence, power, and resources, he can do nothing to help his son. Nothing. Why? Because in the end, we've talked about the fact that we're not in control. But that's okay because we know that God is. So the question is, when we know we can do nothing, what do we do with our problems? I do hope we go to God. For. So how sick was this, this man's son? Let's, let's take a look at that. Our passage tells us he was to the point of death, so he's really sick. This official, he works in Capernaum. And what he does is he pursues Jesus 18 miles away in the Galilean hillside in the village of Cana. If you have visited Israel, we've taken a couple of trips there. You'd be familiar with that region. 18 miles through that hillside on foot or even by donkey is going to be kind of treacherous. It's not a, an easy trip. And and what we find is this word that we translate where the official asks, Jesus, the ask, it actually meant it was an ongoing ask for this man. Jesus, I need you to come with me. Jesus, my my son is sick, I need your help. Jesus, I know that you are busy, but I really need you to come with me to Capernaum. Jesus, I need you. This man is desperate for his son to be made well, and and so he takes this 18-mile journey to plead with Jesus and ask for his help. And how does Jesus respond? Let's look at what Jesus says. Jesus says to him, unless you see signs and wonders, you will not believe. Kind of seems cold, right? Like this man is desperate for the help of Jesus and and Jesus gives what we could almost interpret as a cold answer. You know, this important official, this desperate dad, he's greeted, with what I like to call a Holy Spirit two by four. Anybody ever been greeted like that? And why does that happen? Because what Jesus is all about, is he's about him experiencing so much more than just the healing of his son. And sometimes what we find is, is Jesus is not just lamb, he's also lion and I think we sometimes struggle with that Jesus, I know I do. But Jesus wants to do more than just change our circumstances, he wants to change us. And that's a big work to be done. Jesus cares about more than our needs. He cares about us, the people around us, and he cares about his work in us. And changing us, might I say, it sometimes requires a confrontation of what's really going on in our hearts. And this is why we have Jesus' Lion and Lamb, because he's gotta confront those things in our hearts. And if you've never done a deep dive into the condition of your heart, do it. And what you'll find is there's things there that Jesus probably needs to deal with. So I would say let's not be so easily offended by Jesus, his work, and his words. Because if we're offended by Jesus, it can keep us from receiving the miracle he wants to do in our lives. Maybe we need to be reminded that the gospel, Paul even says it can be offensive, but that's okay. Sometimes we need offensive work in our lives so that Jesus can get a hold of the deeper work he wants to do. Every morning I think about this. You know, as as we get into God's word, my prayer is may we not just read God's word, but may we allow God's word to read us so that we can be changed by it. Allow Jesus to be both lion and lamb in your life. He's worth it. Allow his spirit, surrender to the work of the spirit in your life, no matter what that deep work might be. I think about the work of Jesus in my own life. I think about Uh, I was actually just talking to Shelly a couple of weeks ago, and I was actually remarking on our kids. Like, our kids are awesome. They have good hearts. They love Jesus. And I was thinking about our youngest, who's in second grade. I was thinking about myself as a second grader, and I wasn't thinking good things. (laughs) I would fight with kids every recess in second grade. Praise God, Lucas doesn't do that. (laughs) That's not his heart. But I think about, and here was my reflection, who would I be without Jesus in my life? it's scary if you've walked if you've had the privilege of growing up in a christian home might you still reflect on who you might be without jesus because i think sometimes we forget and i'm so thankful for the work of jesus in my life i'm so thankful that he's both lion and lamb because i desperately need them both we all do really and jesus actually responds this way more than we might think we might think well that was just his one response to his one person You read the New Testament, he responds like this a lot. Uh, Let's look back at John chapter two, the other time that Jesus is in Cana. Reading from verse one, on the third day, there was a wedding at Cana in Galilee. And the mother of Jesus was there. Jesus also was invited to the wedding with his disciples. And when the wine ran out, the mother of Jesus said to him, they have no wine. And Jesus said to his mother, woman, what does this have to do with me? My hour has not yet come. There's laughter because we all have moms. And I don't know, like my mom was just here a couple of weeks ago hanging out with our kids. And I can tell you, if she were to go into the kitchen and open up the fridge and she would say, son, my grandkids have no milk. If I were to then say, woman, what does that have to do with me? You now need a new pastor for Connection Point Church. Here's what's interesting, God bless Mary. She doesn't respond, she doesn't say, son, you've lost your mind. You ever talk to me like that again? That's not what she says, Mary's response. She doesn't do anything, watch what Mary says. His mother said to the servants, do whatever he tells you, do whatever he tells you. You know what Mary sees? In his no, she sees a yes. Isn't that interesting? That sometimes you're praying for something, or you come forward for prayer with one of our prayer team members, and you don't receive, and then you think, well, then nothing's going to ever happen. Some people interpret the delays of God as a denial by God. But let me tell you this morning: that's simply not true. The delays of God are not denials by God. Some of us need to understand that this morning. What we need to remember is what we talked about at the beginning of this series. As it relates to the kingdom of God, the kingdom of God has come. The kingdom of God is coming. And the kingdom of God will one day fully come. And so when we pray for healing, we need to remember that our healing can absolutely come in that moment. And we've seen that. We've experienced that. We've seen others experience that. But we also know our healing can gradually come in God's time. We've seen that too, but we also know that our healing can completely come as we move from this life to the next. Healing comes and it's not up to us of when it comes, it's up to God, but it's incumbent upon us to continue to see a yes sometimes in what we interpret a no. Can we see that? Can we trust God no matter what the timing of his healing is? Mary saw a yes in the no. And where Jesus responds to this official in John chapter four, we need to understand what Jesus is doing. First of all, Jesus is not just talking to the man, he's talking to the crowd. When he says, unless you see signs and wonders, you will not believe. The you, in that case, it's actually plural. He's talking to the crowd here. And what Jesus is trying to do is draw out of them a response of faith that will allow them to see the greater work he wants to do in their lives. In other words, we think too small. What God wants to do is always bigger, always greater. So when we approach God, we don't just need to approach for our problems. We can approach him with more than our problems. It's always bigger. So the question is, are we simply going to God with our problems? Or are we going to God for more than our problems? Do we want him to just change our circumstances? Or are we ready for him to change us? One ask, I want you to consider this, if we're just asking for a change of circumstances, that's just for us. But if we're open to him changing us, that's for more than us. That's the difference in the ask. I had shared in a previous message, I started to pray a simple prayer in the morning as as I, before I get into God's word of, Lord, I'm here to be present in your presence. I'm here to surrender to your spirit for the benefit of my community. So maybe start to pray that prayer and understand it's bigger than you. You are bigger than you. And God wants to do some incredible things through you. So go to God with your problems, yes. But let's go to God for more than our problems. Our passage shows us how. That we believe God's word and not our worries. We need to believe God's word and not our worries. This is, this is really important this morning. Especially when what you're dealing with affects our health because then it can affect your income, your livelihood, your future, your security. So what can happen in a physical illness is it can lead someone to then worry about their future. And people can find themselves believing in the worry instead of God's word. Look at our passage, the official said to him, sir, come down before my child dies. You see, this man has it figured all out. He knows what he wants Jesus to do or what he thinks, he needs Jesus to do, that maybe he needs to have Jesus come with him, to enter into his house, to lay his hands on his son, to pray for him, and then his son might recover. This man has an idea of what he thinks he needs Jesus to do. He has it all worked out. We get that, don't we? Because we we face a problem and we think, God, I need you to help me with this. I, I need you to do this with this person and, and then do this over here and, and that would really help me out. And, and if you could do that, then I just you need you to generally do this. Like we start trying to work it all out ourselves, really. We're going to God, but we've kind of determined how we want him to act. All these plans of ways of solving our problems, but you know, maybe with God's help. Or we might even approach the prayer team on a a Sunday morning expecting things to go a certain way or to feel a certain way. We we have these preconceived ideas. But now watch what happens in our passage. Jesus says to him, go, your son will be healed. And this was a problem for this man. Because in his culture, the person who could heal others needed to go with them, he needed to be there in order for the healing to occur. So this this is a real problem for the guy. But that's not what Jesus does here. You want to know what happens? Jesus speaks, and the healing happens. He speaks. That's it. Jesus says, go, your son will live. And we find in our passage that the moment Jesus says it, the healing occurred. It happened. But now this official has a real dilemma. Will he believe the spoken words of Jesus, or will his faith still be in the preconceived ideas of how he thought Jesus would work? Will he believe God's word or will he give in to his worries? Because Jesus is not going to make that 18-mile journey to Capernaum. And I actually think there's, this is kind of helps us understand of, of ways that sometimes people miss out on what God wants to do. That people can be more committed to their preconceived ideas of the way they think God should work. And if he doesn't, then what do they say? I came forward and I wasn't healed. Okay, well. Why not come again? Well, I I just don't think. Doesn't really matter what we think. Well, I just don't like. Also doesn't really matter what we like, because it's never really just about us. We really need to understand that. We need to constantly remember that our life is not just about us, even though it is God who then works in us and through us. There's so much more at play. I had shared several principles during messages in February that I think are worth repeating here as it relates to the work of healing, the gift of healing and what God does. I said that life, it's not really about us. That in the end, although we're important in the kingdom of God, we're really not that important. God can do whatever he wants through anyone he wants. That we're not in control as much as we want to think we're in control. And the sooner you deal with these truths, really the better off that you are. And I don't want to reemphasize these statements to make us think less of ourselves, that's not the point. But we, to simply help us live more fully and freely in the kingdom of God. Because now we're following God and not just following the things we think we can do. One of the things we need to consider as it relates to healing, because I want to talk about the the gift of healing, is that miracles are necessary but not sufficient. Miracles are necessary but not sufficient. And, And that's kind of an interesting phrase. But I bring this up because sometimes we can, without knowing it, actually worship the gift of healing when we're meant to worship the giver of that gift that we can kind of exalt it. If you've ever especially if you come from a Pentecostal background, so we've got to be careful of that. And here's what I what I mean by this. So often we think if God would just do this, then this would happen. If God would just heal my mom, she'd be more devoted to him. If if Jesus would just heal my relationship with my spouse, then I could be a better wife. If if I could see Jesus in person, then I'd stop drinking. Like we kind of put all these if then statements out there. But what we find in scripture and in experience is these statements aren't true. I have lots of stories of people being healed. And I mean verified by doctors, people who were legitimately healed, who then make a decision not to follow Jesus even though he is the one who healed them. I have those stories. Alan Johnson, one of our global partners, he was here last November. I had him talk through this with our, our church leadership team because he's had experienced this a lot overseas. They were in a, in a village in Thailand and, and they were showing the Jesus film and praying with people afterwards. And, and one night, there was an older woman whose back was healed. She'd had back problems for a lot of years and, and so then she'd sent her son to the next night, the meeting, and, and so several days later, they, uh, Alan and others went to go visit this lady in her home just to kind of better understand what had taken place. And so they asked her, you know, were you healed? And she said, yes. And, and they said, well, how are you feeling? And she said, horrible. Okay. Well, she said what happened is as soon as she came home from that, that meeting where she saw the Jesus film, film and, and was prayed for and healed, as she came home, bowed down to her images of Buddha and thanked him for the healing. And immediately her back was hurt again. And so she said, I feel horrible. And, and so they said, well, would you like us to pray for you for healing? And she said, no. She said, what I realize is there's two different powers at work here, and they don't get along. She refused healing because she was more committed to what she previously knew. Isn't that crazy? So I share that with you to understand that, yes, we want people to be healed, but we also need to understand we need to make sure we're always pointing to the healer in those healings. Does that make sense this morning? This is really important. And there's also examples of this in scripture. Matthew chapter 28. We find after Jesus has been resurrected from the dead. This is one of the most curious verses for me in all of scripture. Matthew 28, 17. Jesus is resurrected from the dead. He appears to disciples and others and it says, "'And when they saw him, they worshiped him, "'but some doubted.'" <laughs> what? how much more does a guy have to do? Dies on the cross, three days later resurrected from the dead, shows up in person, scars in his hand and his side. What in the world? I don't understand that in scripture, but we see that that's true. This is crazy to me. But I also imagine there are some here today because I've heard this and they think if I could just see Jesus right in front of me, then I would choose to more be devoted, more devoted to him and follow him more, more like I see in scripture. Like people have made the same, but I'm sorry to tell you that's not true. If Jesus showed up here today, right in front of you, you might follow him more devoted for a day. A week, a month, a year, but eventually you would go back to the same things as you've always known them. Why? Because our followership of Jesus is a daily surrender to the Holy Spirit. Daily surrender, always. So what I want us to be careful of this morning as we talk about the gift of healing is we don't worship the gift. Don't worship the gift because I've seen this happen. We make idols of all sorts of things, even good things. We can worship singing, we can worship preaching, we can worship praying, we can worship healing, and we can forget about the one we're worshiping, the one we're singing about, the one we're praying to, the one we're preaching about. That's what we're here to worship. And so long as we remember who it is we're worshiping, then we don't have to be bothered by the way that Jesus chooses to heal. Because that's what happens. The way that you can know if you're worshiping the gift of healing is if you're dissatisfied with how God chooses to heal. Because the man from our passage, he's facing this dilemma. Will he believe Jesus Will he take him at his word or not? Is the man here to believe in Jesus or simply in the gift of healing that he possesses? But here's what our passage says. The man believed the word that Jesus spoke to him and he went on his way. But here's what's interesting. We don't know that this man has actually ever seen someone healed by Jesus. But he believed Jesus in the word that he spoke. Having met Jesus, he takes him at his word. He's willing to believe in Jesus more than just the gift of healing. Our passage relates, as he was going down, his servants met him and told him his son was recovering. So he asked them the hour when he began to get better, and they said to him, yesterday at the seventh hour, the fever left him. The father knew that was the hour when Jesus had said to him, your son will live. And this is interesting. Yesterday at the seventh hour, so that would have been around 1 p.m., And it takes about four hours to travel from Cana to Capernaum by way of donkey, which this official probably would have had because he had means. And and I don't know about you, but if I'm worried about my son and I'm concerned that he's going to be okay and I could see him by the end of the day, so 1 p.m. Jesus says it, but that man doesn't travel home that night. I think this man displayed incredible faith. He goes on about his business confident that what Jesus said was true and he actually waits till the next day to return home. That's the kind of faith we all need, that Jesus says it and we know, I believe it to be done. Isn't that interesting? That a man who doesn't believe in Jesus an hour before, he takes him at his word on faith. So I'd say, how about us? When Jesus speaks to our heart through his word, through prayer, through the words of another believer, can you believe him? Do you take Jesus at his word? What are you worried about right now? Your health, your livelihood, your future? The question you need to answer this morning is, will you give into your worry or will you believe in what God says through his word? My encouragement for you this morning is believe in God's word, not your worries. And our passage also shows us we need to make faith a family priority. Make your faith a family priority. Let's look at our passage. The father knew that was the hour when Jesus had said to him, your son will live. And he himself believed in all his household. I love that. He believed and then his household did. Why did they believe? Because he did. Why did they believe? Because he told them what had happened. Why did they believe too? Because he told them about Jesus. Parents, can I encourage you this morning? Let God work in you, and let it be obvious to your children. Let them hear you pray. Let them hear you speak faith. Let them see you read scripture. Let them see you give. Let them see you volunteer in the local church. Let them hear you talk about the things of God. Let faith live in you, and you'll see faith live in your family. Because if God is not working in you, can I say that's a testimony too? But it's not the kind you want. This man knew the important thing was now that God had worked in him, God needed to work in his family. I love that. Moms and dads, can I encourage you, pass the faith that is in you down to your children. And if your faith is not what it should be, you can do something about that. If you're not praying, if you're not reading your Bible, if you're not giving, if you're, you're not serving the local church, if you're not talking about the things of God, then I should say you shouldn't expect to see a vibrant faith in your family either. But I also wanna be careful here because I know kids or young adults that have grown up in families that have vibrant faith, that have not grabbed onto that faith for themselves. But that's not the point this morning because we know every person must decide for themselves who they will serve, God or man. And as much as we want to, we can't force our kids to follow Jesus. But it would probably help our kids a lot in their faith journey if they could see parents who are on fire for Jesus and his mission, following his word and serving others. So parents, how you doing living for Jesus? Do your kids hear you pray? Do they see you reading scripture? Do they see you make God-honoring choices with the way that you spend your time and money? I hope so, because they need to. It's important we make our faith a family priority. And the last principle I wanna point out this morning is when you need healing, go to Jesus. But when you need healing, we've gotta go to Jesus. At some point last year, with uh, all the social distancing and face mask requirements, it made sense that we wouldn't have our prayer team members available on a Sunday. But at the same time, in preparing for this message, we were talking that through, and you know, a lot of people have been vaccinated or have antibodies, and we just felt like it's worthwhile to have prayer team members available for those that would like prayer in that way. And so with healing as a focus of our message this morning, we wanted to make sure our prayer team was available for you today. And so we'll continue to have our prayer team members available on Sunday, just so you know, in person, if you're here for that. But of course, you can also get prayer online, Uh, lots of ways that you can get prayer, even if you're here in the room, and maybe you don't want to meet with a person but want prayer, you can always go online right here from the room as well. So what I want to go ahead and do, because we're going to close in prayer this morning, is invite our prayer team members to come. And if you could just line up even right here in the front. And our music team's going to come too. And what we want to do is is put application, put some feet to this message this morning by praying for healing today. We're believing for God to heal. And so I'd say if you're joining us online, you're you're welcome to submit those prayer requests at connectionpointchurch.org. You can also just go ahead and put those in the comments too, however you want to receive prayer. If you're in one of our overflow rooms, we'll actually have prayer team members there as well. And what we find in the New Testament book of James, we read this scripture earlier, but I want to emphasize a couple of points out of it. It says, is anyone among you sick? Let him call for the elders of the church. Let them pray over him, anointing him with oil in the name of the Lord. And the prayer of faith will save the one who is sick, and the Lord will raise him up. Now, I want to point out here, who does it say will raise you up? The Lord. The Lord will raise you up. Not the person who's praying for you. The Lord will raise you up. So we don't need to get caught up with who it is that's praying for us. We need to remember it's the Lord who raises us up. It's the Lord who does it. So whether I pray for you, Shelley prays for you, one of our prayer team members prays for you, that really doesn't matter. Why? Because it's the Lord who raises us up. He does it. So when you come forward for prayer, our prayer team members, uh, they have oil that they can anoint you with. But I want you to know there's nothing magical about the oil. It's simply a symbol we find in scripture that says that this individual or this thing has been marked for God. That's it. And so we might use oil. Now, does somebody have to put oil on your forehead? They don't. Uh, we're simply following scripture and doing that. But if you're uncomfortable with that, just let your party team members know and, and they'll respond accordingly. If you're being prayed for online, we know that prayer online is just as powerful as a prayer in this room. So it's all right. we're going to pray for you no matter where you're at this morning. If you're here in person today but maybe you're uncomfortable praying with a person, as we close I'm just going to invite you to raise your hand and we'll pray for you you right where you're at this morning. But no matter where you're at, no matter where you find yourself, we just want you to be prayed for if you need healing in your life today, in any way. But I would say this, before we pray I want to encourage you, don't stop coming for prayer. Don't stop coming for prayer. And what I mean by that is, maybe there's something you've come up for for prayer before but God didn't answer in the way that you thought he could or should. Maybe you've prayed for for healing before and you you thought nothing happened. And so when we pray in a moment, you're thinking, well, what's the point? But let me encourage you, keep asking, keep seeking, keep knocking. Why? Because you never know when your healing might come. Remember, healing can come today. Healing can come tomorrow. Healing can come next week or come next year. That doesn't really matter. I, I had a pastor friend who was experiencing some really bad health issues. And uh, somebody in the congregation had asked, well, do you come forward for prayer from the prayer team? And he, of his own admission, said, I kind of gave all the excuses everybody else does. Like, I don't want people to see me. You know what people are going to think. And, and he said it really challenged him. He said, well, I've been prayed for by the elders and church leadership, but I realized I should go forward for prayer too. So he started coming forward for prayer with the prayer team members every Sunday. And a year later, God touched him. There, there's something about the accumulating strength of prayer. One day Jesus told his disciples a story to show that they should always pray and never give up. So here's the point of the parable. We should always pray and never give up. And here's what he says. There was a judge in a certain city, he said, who neither feared God nor cared about people. A widow of that city came to him repeatedly saying, give me justice in this dispute with my enemy. The judge ignored her for a while, but finally he said to himself, I don't fear God or care about people, but this woman is driving me crazy. I'm gonna see that she gets justice because she's wearing me out with her constant requests. And then the Lord said, learn a lesson from this unjust judge. Even he rendered a just decision in the end. So don't you think God, don't we think God will surely give justice to his chosen people. You are chosen by God. If you're listening this morning, you are chosen by God. How much more will God, is what he's saying, who cry out to him day and night? Will he keep putting them off I tell you, he will grant them justice. He will grant it quickly. But when the Son of Man returns, how many will he find on the earth who have faith? So Jesus shares this parable to show us we should keep coming in prayer and never give up. Keep coming. When you keep coming and you keep coming, there's something we call the accumulating weight of prayer. Prayer gathers force. It's, it's like prayer filling a reservoir that eventually breaches the dam of that problem in your life. I don't totally understand it, but we see it in Scripture. Every time you come forward, or you ask for prayer online, or you respond by raising your hand, it's like you're adding weight to that prayer for healing. And that's enough for me as we look at it in Scripture. Jesus says, don't you think God will surely give justice to his chosen people? So I would say believe, have faith, keep coming, trust God for your healing. Trust God for it. Come for prayer and walk out of here saying, today might have been the day I was healed. Because sometimes you don't know it in the moment. You walk out and then you're like, I don't have that issue anymore. I don't have it. Then today could be that day. Maybe it'll be, but if not, I would say come back next week. Prayer team will still be here. Come forward for prayer. And that might be the day of your healing. What I know is God will heal. I just don't know how he's gonna do it or when he's gonna do it. But let's just continue to trust God for it. Why? Because we're not here to worship the gift, we're here to worship the giver. That's what we're here to do. And jesus remarks will he keep putting them off i tell you he will grant justice to them quickly he'll do it and so that's what we're believing for this morning so if you'd like prayer i want to go ahead and invite you to stand so it makes it easy to get out of your seat if that's what you'd like to do this morning so if you want to stand if you're in the overflow rooms or are here in the sanctuary i'd say if you're on main street this morning i know we have people in that overflow space sometimes and and if you want to be prayed for by a person Feel free to come in the sanctuary feel free to go to one of the overflow rooms We've got people to pray with you if you're online simply request that prayer You can go online to connectionpointchurch.org or just put it in the comments this morning We'll pray with you there if you're here in this room this morning And maybe you're uncomfortable um, Talking with somebody closely right now and being prayed for in that way That's all right we're just going to invite you to raise your hand And we can pray with you from right where you're at today and I, I know we've got actually prayer team members scattered about the room as well. So if you're in need of healing this morning, we want to trust for that healing. Shelly, would you mind to grab the microphone and come up here this morning? to have you join me in prayer. So the music team's just gonna play softly. This is what we're doing right now. We're praying and praying for healing. I, I will come up for kind of more of an official dismissal here in a little bit, but I want to leave space for people to be healed. If you're in need of physical healing, come forward and be prayed for. If you're in need of emotional healing, come and be prayed for. If you're in need of spiritual healing, maybe you don't have a relationship with Jesus, you should change that today. Come forward and pray with a prayer team member to say, I want a relationship with Jesus, and they can pray with you for that. Whatever your healing need is today, I want you to to seek God, the one who heals. So feel free to start coming now. We've already had some that are coming, so feel free to go into the overflow rooms if 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 you're there, meet with one of the prayer team members. We're just gonna take some time to pray. And if you're in this room this morning want prayer are not comfortable coming forward right now i'm just going to invite you just raise your hand we're not having people bow their heads because we just want to all pray together this morning so feel free to say i am in need of healing this morning just raise your hand and Shelly's going to pray in a moment and pray for your healing hands over here just raise your hand we're all, we're in a we're in a great space people who want you to experience healing today i need healing today who else says that's me we you know you can raise your hand online too Just raise your hand. If you're around these people who are raising their hand saying, I'm in need of healing, I want you to pray with us as Shelly and I pray for that healing to occur. If you know that person's name, pray for that person by name. But let's trust the Lord for healing today.